All right, good morning, church. It's so good to see you all. Uh, welcome, welcome to Orange Coast. And uh, it's, again, it's just a, a beautiful, beautiful opportunity and a privilege to, to dive into the Word of God together this morning. And uh, you're here. You know, the fact that you're here, not home, sick, that's, that's great. But for those of you who are sick at home, hello to Facebook Live. We started that in the Japanese service earlier this morning for the first time. And there were like 50 check-ins. Actually, maybe not, but I'm sorry. I, I could be wrong. But uh, 50 uh, views. Okay, but so I guess it is. All right, anyway, 50 re- Anyways, anyways, it's, it's great because, you know, there are some who are uh, not able to come out and that uh, they get to join uh, through this. Um, and uh, so as we begin, I want to I wanna ask you this question. By the way, my name is Toby and one of the pastors here. And just uh, it's, it's, it's such an awesome time here at this church. We're, we're rebuilding, we revitalizing, we're rebranding our church and, and Easter coming up in 2020. This is like a month away. It's amazing. But, you know, I hope hope you're joining us in the 40 days of prayer but anyways we're gonna um ask you a question i have a question like so when you hear the word paradise what comes to mind like what place comes to mind when you close your eyes paradise what comes in your mind the paradise on earth is it like hawaii the palm trees the beach of hawaii you know what i think hawaii is cool but i think here we're pretty socal is not bad either right but I'm not talking about Irvine, though, because I think Irvine, you're too hot. You know, it's just like no wind. But I live in Huntington Beach. I mean, that's like as close as it gets. I mean, you can go in wind, inland. I don't know. But, you know, we got, you know, Costa Mesa's border because we got some debris coming in. But, you know, we, we are so fortunate, aren't we? Like this place. And I realized that when I lived back home, or I, I grew up in Huntington Beach. But when I went back to Japan to work or went to Rochester, New York, where I had to shovel snow like half time of the year. Oh, man, I, I just realized I grew up in paradise. I mean, this is like amazing. So I hope you don't take this place for granted. Irvine, I'm not sure, but no hate on, no, sorry, I got this thing about Irvine. Anyway, so, uh, but you know, a couple of nights ago, I was like at home, and then my daughter was like, hey, I don't have to wake up early tomorrow, and she wakes up at like 5.30 a.m. usually, and then practice her child, I mean, she's a disciplined kid, but it's like, I don't have to wake up tomorrow, like what time you're waking up, it's like 6.30, I'm like, that's still pretty early, but she's like, oh, I, you know, I don't have to wake up at 5.30, it's like paradise, I'm like, it's an interesting phrase, but yeah, I guess so. Uh, but you know, this is the real paradise. You know, this is this is paradise, California. This is this is paradise, really. You know, paradise. This is. It's, I don't know if you can see, but you are ascending into paradise. That's what it says. And like, but you know, this is where my friend is from. So, um, you know, I, I, I think about this place a lot. And, you know, 2018, there was this devastating uh, wildfire there. So uh, I hope you could be praying for Paradise, California, because it's still going through some uh, different uh, renovation changes. I mean, it, it's still pretty much a mess. So uh, we pray for Paradise. But in the Bible, uh, Paradise is, a, the, the word Paradise appears in today's passage in Luke. Um, but it is also a reference to um, the garden. Garden of Eden, where, where it, was, it was perfect relationship with God. And that is paradise, the state of no sin, state of perfect unity with God. I mean, that is ultimately what paradise is. In today's passage, Jesus promised, he promised paradise for one of the criminals that is on the cross. So the question for us is, who is this guy, who is this Jesus, the Messiah, that has the ability to promise someone paradise? 
who is Messiah. Because on the cross, there's this conversation that took place. One says, aren't you the Messiah? And this guy says, would you remember me? And obviously Jesus said, hey, now you're with me in paradise today. So it was the attitude that changed their answer of who Messiah, who the Messiah is. So I want to ask you, do you have the right attitude in facing, in relating to our Savior, our Messiah? Because that changes everything, right? Do you have the right attitude? Do you have the answer to that question? Who is Messiah? The man, the one who is able to bring you paradise. So let's dive into the story today. And it is about the crucifixion of Jesus. We've been covering Luke for the past year. And we're we're finally coming to an end. And we get to uh, go through... uh, even before Easter, which is this year, April 12th, even before Easter, we're going to look at the Easter narrative next week and then the following day, week. But before this amazing message of, the, of Easter, we have to go through today, which is the crucifixion. Uh, this is the most incredible love story in human history. Jesus took on the cross. And that had to happen before this most, uh, the, the, the redemption of Easter. And this is when Jesus obeys God's command, His will. He drinks the cup, and the cup represents suffering and sin and pain. He, he decides that I need to drink this. He willingly accepts this, accepted the cup, which meant this volunteer death of Jesus Christ. The key is, it was a volunteer death, that Jesus chose to die on the cross. And He, he, he didn't want to, he, 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 if he, there was another way, but He took it for you and I. And that's the key that, because we have to remember that he didn't have to do this. Well, he kind of did, but he had a choice, right? And that we have to remember this volunteer death concept as we look into today's passage together. We pick up from the story of where uh, Pilate gave permission to the crowd, says, all right, just have your way. I'm not responsible for this. Well, yes, yes he was, but you know, he, he, that's what he said. And because he, he was afraid of the, the, the crowd starting a riot, he's like, all right, go, do, just do whatever you want. With Jesus. So they, it was ended up, Jesus ended up being crucified. And that's where we picked up from chapter 23 of Luke, verse 26 and on. So it says, as the soldiers led him, him, him away, they seized Simon the, from Cyrene, who was on the way from the country, and put the cross on him and made him carry it behind Jesus. Verse 27, a large number of people followed him, including women who mourned and wailed for him. And you read that, I was like, where, where are the men? Right? I mean, we're just, we're, we're the, what was it? Women, they're amazing. Because all the men, they left. I mean, the disciples, where are they? They all left because they're not there. But it was the women who wailed and, and mourned for this, 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 this event. Jesus carrying the cross on this road called Via Dolorosa, which means the ways of sorrow. And I went there this past year for the first time, and I actually got to see this. And it's, it, it's where Jesus walked. I mean, obviously the pavement is new and the different parts are new, but it is believed that Jesus went here. And there's a bunch of stations where, hey, here's where Jesus encountered uh, Simon, the Cyrene, or um, uh, this is where Jesus fell down. And I mean, this is an amazing opportunity. And maybe hopefully we could go together to, to Israel and Jerusalem. And it's the old city. And we, we see this Via Dolorosa, the ways of way of sorrows, the road of sorrows. 
And that's where Jesus carried his own cross along with two other criminals. But then it came to the point where Jesus could not hold it. So on his blood-stained cross, this wooden beam, the, the guards pulled aside this Simon, who was just visiting for the season of the Passover festival. And he was just like pulled in. But you know, this, this Simon, he has this, one of the most unique testimony of all mankind where he got to carry the cross of Jesus, but in fact, it was the other way around. And it's a story that deserves another attention. We'll get into that maybe another time. But you know, because the blood was stained all over this, this because obviously Jesus was beaten up already, you know, this, this blood was all over this, uh, this, uh, this cross, of the cross. And then, when he has Paul or Simon carried this, he, he got his blood, Jesus' blood on his body and on his clothes. And an amazing testimony he had that day. But let's bring back to verse 32. It says, Two other men, both criminals, were also led out with him to be executed. When they came to the place called the skull, they crucified him there along with the criminals, one on his right, other on his left. Jesus said, Father, Forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they divided up his clothes by casting lots. Today in Jerusalem, there's two locations that is believed to be where uh, the place of the skull, Golgotha, uh, or another word is Calvary. That's the same thing. It means a skull. And I have a picture that it's, it's not from where I took because it's a little bit different. But this is where it's believed that this is rather relatively new. It's within the hundred years. And it's called the Garden Tomb. And right by the Garden Tomb, uh, there is this, this hill that kind of looks like a skull. Can you tell there's like two eyes right here? And then there's a nose. This These days, the nose part is eroded, so it's like kind of chipped off, so it doesn't look like a skull. But when it was found, like, man, maybe this was Golgotha because it looks like a skull. I mean, it looks, so it's, it's kind of fascinating. But, you know, and I went there, and without the nose, it doesn't look anything like a skull. But it, like, but it was an, a fascinating experience, and maybe that's where we could go together and just see, hey, this can be, this could be, could it be? Um, but where it actually was isn't really the issue, the problem. The, but the issue, or this most amazing thing, is that Jesus did die on the cross for you and I. And that's what needs to be remembered. And again, this was his volunteer death that he took on. He carried the cross all the way up this hill, Via Dolorosa, and wherever the hill was, he carried it. And then on that, he got nailed down. And then the, in the Luke, he didn't cover the all, all that much about how the cross gets raised up. But, it, you know, you just imagine that scene. As Jesus hung and all his body weight is on these nails and the, and the, the little stand that is there, it just he's just dropped. And he's just... It's grasping for air, and it's just this most gruesome death that you could possibly think of. It is the most painful, suffocating death. And it's the worst thing about it, it is takes forever for some really, really like strong man like who has a lot of energy. It takes maybe a, a day just to hang it on. I mean, just it's constant pain, constant suffering. You gotta pull yourself up to grasp the air and only to go down to suffer uh, this this pain again or, or lack of air and just this constant movement that Jesus is on. And the first thing he said on this cross, he says a prayer. He says to forgive them, Father. Forgive them for they do not know what they're doing. The first thing Jesus asked and his prayer was a prayer of forgiveness of these people who had no idea what they are 
doing. Isn't that incredible? But ironically, the mockery, the, the voices, the people are mocking and, and, and laughing. It, just, it starts to escalate, gets worse and worse. And then the clothes is getting divided by the, the soldiers. And, you know, just, it just, just imagine, or isn't that this most sad, sad picture of Jesus being stripped naked? Hey, this is our Savior the humility and the shame that he's going through, pull out the emotional pain and then the physical pain. I mean, all of that, that's our Savior on the cross. And and that's what's happening as the mockery continues to escalate. And then the people, they began to voice the things that, 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 what, what was on their mind. And what was on their mind was, well, if you're the Savior, what are you doing? You save yourself. It's the verse 35 to 39 is all about these questions and, and statement about what, 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 what is this Savior? What is this Messiah? What is He doing up there, right? Because verse 35, it says, He saved others. Let Him save Himself. If He's God's Messiah, the chosen one, or the soldiers mocked Him too. And if you're the King of Jews, save yourself. But these, these questions, not just by, from the soldier, from the crowd of the, the religious leaders. It was among the, in, in the hearts of everybody. They all, all wondered. And it's a legitimate question. Like, aren't you the Messiah? If you're the Messiah, why, why are you there? Because that's a legitimate question. You might wonder too. Because if he's a chosen one, if he's God's child, the beloved child of God, what is he doing there? And if he's the king of the Jews, why are the Jews so upset? There's something wrong with this picture. And we wonder, what is, what's wrong? What's wrong, Jesus? You could do something. Yes, he could have. But he chose to stay on the cross. Because, yeah, he doesn't have to save himself. But he did have the ability to just walk from the cross and just live, you know, happily ever after. Well, it wouldn't be happy because it is for our sin that Jesus stayed on that cross, he chose to. Remember, that volunteer death was such a key for this uh, resurrection to take place. But the problem was, none of the people saw the why behind the crucifixion. They didn't understand why he had to die. That's why they were mocking. Right? And then, you know, so that's why Jesus prayed for forgiveness. They don't know what they're doing. They don't know that they need forgiveness. But Father, I ask you to forgive them on my behalf. I will die so that they could be forgiven. This is the first words that came out of Jesus' mouth on the cross. It was for their and our forgiveness of sin that Jesus had to die. It had to be the Son of God who had to die. It couldn't have been Simon the Cyrene. You know, obviously he helped Jesus for a while, but it couldn't be him carrying the cross all the way and die. Or it couldn't have been Barabbas. Barabbas. It depends on who I ask. But, you know, it couldn't have been him because he was a sinner. It couldn't have been us on that cross. It had to be just, so when you see the three cross, you know, and and, and there's a picture of the cross, and and then uh, there had to be Jesus in the middle. Right? It couldn't have been anybody else. It couldn't have been yours. That was ours. That was Barabbas. But it, it, it became Jesus. 
Because we sang this song. What can wash away our sin? Nothing but the blood of what? Jesus. Who could make us whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. It had to be Jesus. The sinless son of God. See, the coronavirus out there. You know, it is said that, okay, you wash your hands for 20 seconds. You know, and it'll help, you know, not spread. Or you, you wipe with the alcohol that is 60% of above. And a lot of the virus, it'll die. But not sin. See, we have an epidemic called the sin virus. And nothing can wash that away. We can't wash our hands. We can't try to do good things to be redeemed. We, we can't go through a, a ritual. We can't go through an alcohol rub or a full cleanse wipe down. It will not do anything. We try so much to be clean ourselves, but it had to be the blood of Jesus that was spilled on the cross, that only way for us to be redeemed. No soap, no wiping will do. Only the blood of Jesus, the Son, the Messiah, our Christ. See, the Messiah can only save those who seek forgiveness. And those out there, they're not, they were not seeking for forgiveness. And that was the problem. Do we have the same problem? We want to make sure we don't have the same problem here today. Because we need to be forgiven. None of them, none of them thought they need to be forgiven. That's why they could mock Jesus. That's why they could say the heartless things that they said because they did not see a need. But except for one man on this side of the cross, he said this in verse 40, against towards the, the criminal who was mocking Jesus because he said, this guy said, aren't you the Messiah? Do something, God. You're, save me, save us, come on. But then the other guy said, verse 40, says, don't you fear God. Don't you fear God. And since you are under, we are this, under the same sentence. In verse 41, it says, we are punished justly, for we are getting what we, our deeds, deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. And then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus answered him, truly, I tell you, today, you, are, you will be with me in paradise. He said, Jesus, please remember me. I need your forgiveness. And paradise was found. You know, which criminal are we? Are you? The one who said, aren't you the Messiah? Or he said, you are the Messiah. There's a big difference. There's almost the same exact words are being used. But the attitude is completely different. And he said, save me. Come on, do something. He said, remember me. I want you to add me into your kingdom. Would you please? You know, we learn from the other gospel accounts that both of these guys were originally mocking Jesus. Like, why? Come on, do something. They both said that. But as their life got chipped away on the cross, as their energy, as, their, as the pain grew, one had realized, this man, 
is the Son of God. This man is who's going to give me salvation and forgiveness. Therefore, he made the right decision just in time. And he was able to say, you are the Messiah. Forgive me. That's what he meant by Jesus Christ. He was able to say that. It wasn't what the question mark. In other words, he said, I need your forgiveness because I am a sinner. I am deserving what I deserve. Would you remember me? You know, I said that really fast. Or really like normal, normal. But just imagine you're grasping air every time. It's not that easy. And he used his last breath to say, remember me. And then he was bent down. Jesus. And Jesus in the middle also. I told you earlier, he said, you're in paradise with me. No, he said, you are. And he went down again. He pulled himself up with me. Went down in paradise. I mean, just imagine the effort and the pain that it took for Jesus to say what he shared. But that's what he did. Please don't wait till the last minute like him. We have the chance to ask Jesus for forgiveness right now. Because as Christians, too often we're like this criminal. And here's what I mean. We say, Jesus, aren't you the Messiah? Come on, do something. Save us. I'm talking to those who demand God to move without the proper attitude that we need. I'm, I'm talking to myself. Because there are times I find myself saying, You know what, God? You know my situation. I need this. I need a car. I need a house. I need a wife. I need a job. I need money. You, you know I need this. Give it to me. God. Aren't you the Messiah? Hello, I'm waiting. Yes, we are able, we, we could ask all these things. We shall knock and it shall be, but, but we have to have the proper attitude to ask. And we're sometimes caught in the moment being like the criminal. Yes, the criminal is in a situation where he's desperate. Yes, that's true. But, but he, his attitude wasn't at the right place. He's like, aren't you the Messiah? And we know too often we find ourselves saying the same thing. We says, we need this, God. You got to give it to me because I need it. No, no, we, what we really need, first and foremost, is forgiveness from God. We need to constantly in the state of repentance and humility, because this is what this guy said, this criminal said, we are punished justly, for we are getting what our deeds deserve. See, we don't deserve anything that we're demanding God to give us. We, we don't. But somehow we begin to say, aren't you the Messiah? We forget that he chose to stay on the cross for us. Somewhere along the line, we take His grace for granted. And what we really need is His forgiveness saying, you are the Messiah. Not, aren't you the Messiah? No, we say, you are the Messiah. We need you. Please remember me and use me for your kingdom. 
Not use God for your kingdom. We need to be used for His kingdom. And the attitude changes everything. So again, I ask you, which criminal are you? We can't be both at the same time. So let me ask you this. Do you see yourself as someone who needs forgiveness from God? Can you, would you say, that I, like Paul said, I am the head of all sinners that needs forgiveness and grace each and every day. If you say yes, the cross means everything. That's where we experience His grace. But if you say, no, nah, I don't know if I really need that forgiveness, then the cross means nothing. It's just a thing on a chain, on the necklace. It's just, it just a, a, a torture tool of 2,000 years ago by the Roman Empire. But if you say, yes, I need that grace today. I need that forgiveness from Him right now, today. This means everything because that is where our, the love overflows to us. Now, through that, paradise is found to those who seek Jesus, the Messiah. So now, how are we going to overflow with that love of Christ? Because we have humbly accepted this need and we received it. So now, how do we overflow? As we do that, as we think about how to overflow, I want us to use our imagination for a little bit. First of all, we don't know if this man right here, Remember this criminal says, aren't you the Messiah? He was mocking to the very end. We don't know his very end. Maybe, right? Maybe. We don't know this, but he heard the other guy said, he he's in paradise. Maybe he used his last breath to say, I want that too. Maybe. We don't know. But what that teaches me is that it is so important for us to continue to testify, continue to repent, continue to say, Jesus Remember me. And for us to share our stories, because you never know who is listening. You never know who needs to hear your testimony of redemption so that this man could be redeemed as well. Church, let's continue to testify. Amen. Amen. And now, let's use our imagination a little bit. Because it's not in the Bible. This is actually, this didn't even happen. Because that could have happened, but the one I'm going to tell you didn't actually happen. But let's use our imagination. What if, right? What if this, this criminal received paradise with Jesus? What if he had the chance to get off of the cross and continue to live again? What if he has this ticket to paradise in his pocket? Jesus forgave him and resurrection is assured. Do you think he would go back to being like a criminal again, going back to the darkness of sin that he used to be in? Do you think that, that he would just continue to join the, the wrong crowd and continue to live again in that same sinful lifestyle? I like to think that he went and joined the disciples. I believe that, that he would join this, this spreading of the gospel. He gave everything for the glory of Jesus, that's how I would like to think. That, that's my imagination. Obviously, it's just an imagination. He never had a chance to do that. But you do. You could live an extension of this man's life 
of this fully redeemed, fully assured, fully loved, fully forgiven, and we get to live that life. Like Barabbas, who, who was released, getting another chance. After, I shared that story last week, and one of the Japanese ladies brought me a, a novel, a, a, a novel that she kept for 50 years ago. And this is an old book, it's called Barabbas. Barabbas. And, and it's like, it's a novel, so it's, it's a fiction, but it is a story about how the change in his life took place. And he went on to join the disciples and, and share the gospel. And then at the end of his life, he too was crucified. I mean, this is a novel, we don't know what happened. But I'm like, that was really touching. Like, maybe that's what he did. There is a, a, a missions organization in Japan. It's called Mission Barabbas. And this is the picture of them. These are former Yakuza members, you know, Japanese mobsters. And these guys, when I was like seven or eight year old, or maybe 10 or nine, I don't know, but I was young. These guys came to this church, because I grew up here. And they came into that door, and I was freaking out. Like, what are they... <laughs> No, seriously, they came just like that with their fully tatted, you know, sh- that's not a shirt, that's, that's real, you know, and these came in without a shirt. I was like, what? And they started carrying this, the, the, the cross, and they started singing praise, and I'm like, dude, these, I'm getting goosebumps. It was like, I have a picture somewhere. It was crazy. I was, because I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know what Yakuza meant. I just knew they looked scary. But their face, all their faces. They're redeemed, full of joy. They call themselves mission bearers because they received another chance to life. They were criminals. They were, they were locked up in prison, but they somehow got released, and they're not going back to that life ever again. They're proclaiming, and they're carrying the cross of Jesus everywhere. And one of the men right here, Mr. Inoue, do you remember him? He came here. He preached right here. This is what, he looked a lot younger. He has a lot more hair, but he came here, and he, he shared a story about darkness into light. I mean, that's such a redemptive message of a former Yakuza without a pinky and all, with his all tattoo and all, with his stain of sin and all. That has been fully cleansed by the blood of Jesus and now he's proclaiming the gospel to the world. Today, Mr. Kaoru right here is in Taiwan. In Taiwan, he, you know, like it, it's, it's pretty dangerous out there, you know, and, and coronavirus out there. But he's like, no, I need to go. I need to share the gospel of Jesus. That's his life because he forgave us. We're just like that criminal. Worst of all sinners, just like Paul said. But Jesus gave us this new life. So now what are we doing with that? Paradise is waiting for us. Perfect union with God, just like it was supposed to be. The Garden of Eden before Adam and Eve ate the fruit, before sin came in. That is the perfect union. That is the garden, the paradise that is waiting for you. Because of your faith in Jesus Christ and that cross, the blood of Jesus washing our sin. So until then, in the meantime, we got work to do. Church, we do. California just announced we're in a state of emergency because of this virus. Well, you know, God is saying that we are in a state of emergency for thousands of years. We have an issue called sin. It is stronger and more, more powerful and more, more crippling and more devastating and more 
harmful than any other virus out there, whether it's corona or influenza or AIDS. I mean, it's more, far more powerful. It's an epidemic. It is something that we cannot do anything about. But we do have a cure, and it is the cross of Jesus. Amen. Amen. And that is what we have. And that's what we get to share. I mean, we could go and, and give sanitizers to cleanse our hands and wash our fingers and hands and be cleanly as we can. But that ain't going to do anything about our sin. It is through the blood of Jesus Christ. Again, this is world is in a state of emergency. It is truly a paradise lost. But we have the hope of Jesus Christ. So we have to overflow. We have to rise. We have to rise with Jesus Christ and to live this resurrection life together. Amen, church. Yeah. All right. That was weak. Come on. Amen, church. Yeah. Let's do it. All right. So we got this um, uh, weekly challenge. If you have your phones, would you, would you take it out? Take a picture. Take this with you. Think about it on your way home. Not while you're driving, but, you know, like just... Take a picture and let's, 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 let's wrestle with this throughout the week. For the no, please read that passage once again. And imagine yourself being at the scene of the crucifixion. What stood out to the reading? What, what, what do you imagine? What do you picture? What kind of, what do you see? And then grow. Have you found yourself being like the criminal on the cross who said to Jesus, Aren't you the Messiah? Save me. We do have those situations. Well, what was that situation like? What caused you to say something like that? And then verse, or lastly, overflow. How do you think this guy, the other criminal, lived if he had another chance to live? Well, it is our opportunity to live your life as an extension of that man's life. Let's pray. Oh God, thank you so much for today as we could worship you despite the, the fears around the world about the virus and, and different fears we have about all different aspects of life, about our future, about our finance, about our, our different worries that we got, Lord. We come to you, Almighty God, and because of the redeeming grace of Jesus Christ, we get to stand here knowing that paradise is waiting for us, God. So, Lord Jesus, thank you so much for your sacrifice that you didn't have to, but you did. And you gave your life for us. The volunteer death gave us resurrection hope. So, God, we want to come back to that today. If there's anybody who needs that hope today, if there's anybody who's crippled in that fear, I ask that you would speak truth into their lives so that they could rise again above the fears, above above the worries, above the suffering, to rise with you, Jesus. And then to go and share the ever-changing, no, endless, never-changing truth that Jesus, your cross, it is where the blood of Jesus was shed that cleansed our sin and white as snow. And we get to live freed from sin. So may we not take that grace for granted. May we live a life that has been redeemed by you. Give us the courage and the strength to do so, Jesus. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. Well, would you rise and continue to worship together?